That's free. It didn't cost you anything. We already took the offering. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Open your Bibles up to 1 John, the epistle of 1 John. We've been in this lesson for a while. And as you're turning there, well, actually, this is our third message on this. And uh, I just felt uh, it was so important that we would, and I've been studying this for several months, and uh, it just keeps growing and doing that. And, and, and I believe our study in the Word of God should that. You should have a, a, a time of your devotion and your study where things are growing and your knowledge of God is growing. I just want you to know, God wants you to know Him. Not just know about Him, but really to know Him. And you're going to find me saying that a lot and how important is that. And uh, it's going to sound kind of redundant and just like overkill. But I'll just say it again. God wants you to know Him. Amen? He really wants you to know Him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You can write it down on the front of your uh, outline. This isn't there. But I just felt the Lord as I was driving up this morning uh, just impressed this too for this part of the message. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20 says this. Now we... Are ambassadors for Christ. Now listen to this. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Paul's right. It, it, Paul said it's like God was speaking and imploring you and through us on his behalf, be reconciled to God. Because we were created for relationship with God. And if you read your Bible, if we go back at the beginning, you found out that God created this earth as a place for man to dwell upon. And then we don't know the time frame of it, but the enemy comes in and he broke that relationship. And then the rest of the Bible is God bringing reconciliation, bringing us back into this relationship of walking with him and knowing him. Amen? That's what God is doing. And so my goal as a pastor, the only thing I can do is plead with you to have a hunger to know God. I can't know Him for you. I can know Him, and hopefully by knowing Him and then walking with Him, you get encouraged and you're inspired to say, I want to know God. I, that, that's available. God's no respecter. If, if that guy, and you, you should be able to look at me and say, dude, if that guy can know God, anybody can know Him. Amen? So you should be encouraged and just go after that because God has this eternal purpose and plan and his desires that we would come to know him during our time here on earth so that we can spend eternity together. Yesterday, Jessica and, and Austin had those two little baby boys. Now, the way I think about that, I think if you're going to have twins, I mean, two little baby girls, excuse me. Wow, you guys are, you want to throw down. All right. So, uh, and these two little baby tw twin girls, and six pounds, two ounces, six pounds, eight ounces. Nan, 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 anyway. So, so, so they have these two beautiful little baby girls. And in my logic, I'm thinking if you're having twins, they should add up to the weight of one baby. That'd be, that'd be fair. But no, these were two whole babies. I mean, six, two, and six, eight, those are full grown babies. So thank God for Jessica, amen, hallelujah, I deal with that, but anyway, these little babies are born, beautiful little baby girls, and here they are, little baby babies, but they have a time space to their life, and in their time, our prayer is, is that they come to know God in this time. Because Ephesians 3 tells us that God has an eternal plan, and He's revealed His eternal plan. And as parents, we look at our little babies and we say, you need to get saved. Why? Because they're born with a little nature. 
that separates them from God. They're born with the fallen nature. And, they, and, and even though they're in this new, brand new, little innocent state, they are an eternal soul. They're born with eternity stamped upon their life. And they have this space of time to get to know God. And parents, we pray over our children. Father, I pray that they would know you, that our children come in this time. Because we know that when, whenever our space of time ends, life doesn't end, we just transition into eternity. Are you with me? And so it's so important that we come to know God, not learn about God, but I mean literally have relationship and know God. And so John writes us, and we've been doing the study in John just to see this and to try and encourage us to press in to a greater level and a deeper level of knowing God. Father, this morning, I thank you in these next few moments, Lord, you will help each and every one of us to see with eyes like we've never seen before, to hear with our ears like we've never heard before, and to receive in our heart truth that we haven't received before, that we may know you even more than we've ever known you before. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. John chapter 2, and beginning, if you would, with me in verse 12. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for His name's sake. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for His name's sake. How many of you are glad that God forgave you for His name's sake, not for your sake? Because on my sake and for your sake, we didn't deserve it. And let me just back up, and I shared this on Tuesday night. We started a series on covenant to help us, because if you don't understand covenant, you'll never understand how to have a relationship with God. What you hold in your hand is a Bible that is an old covenant and a new covenant. The old covenant is the promises of God sealed in the blood of animals. The new covenant is the promise of God sealed in the blood of His Son. Okay? But God does everything by covenant. And so it's important to understand that the first covenant was made before man was made. God made a covenant in Himself, with Himself, and with His Son to set His love upon us. God is not a God of lack. God has no need in Him. There's nothing lacking in Him. He he is complete in Himself. But because God is love, love has to have an object to give itself to. Love has to be given to be loved. Do you understand that? God so loved the world that He gave. So love has to be expressed. True love is expressed through giving, not getting. Okay? Okay? And so God had to have an object to give His love to. So He formed man and created humanity so He could give His love to humanity. Not based upon what humanity does, but for His own sake, He he gives His love to us. That's why nothing you ever can do can make Him love you less or love you more. He loves you as the object of His love. Are you with me this morning? If, if we understand that, it changes everything. And so God made us to love us. And then what He said, I'm going to make them to love them. But if I make them to love them, and if I make them like I am, and if I give them a will and a choice, then they just might make the wrong choice. 
And so I will make provision for their wrong choice, which is why Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. Our redemption, our reconciliation was established before transgression ever took place. God in his love made a, how many know Hebrews, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 10 said that there's no temptation that has taken you such as common to man, but with the temptation, God will also make a way of escape or a way back, a place back to safety. So before we were created, before any decision could ever be made, God made the way of escape through his son, Jesus Christ. All right, that's just a little background. Is that all right? All right. But if I don't understand that, then I think I have to earn his love. I think I have to do it. No, but our sins were forgiven. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have what? Known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. How do you overcome the wicked one? We dealt with it in the first two lessons. One, you walk with him in the light as he is in the light. How do you walk in the light? Just walking. You know, everybody could have a different opinion of what it means to walk in the light. I think walking in the light means like this. Good, nice opinion. Great, that's good. Sounds good. Good opinion. Good, I like that. Might not be scriptural, but it's good. I mean, know what I'm saying? The only way to walk in the light as he is in light is to walk in the word. To do the word. To keep his commandment, which is what he's instructed us and told us to do. Are you with me this morning? And so he said, and then to walk in love towards people. We'll see this in a moment. But to walk in the word and then to react towards people the same way he did. To forgive and to love the same way he did. That's how you overcome the wicked one. You take away all his tools and all of his resources. So John is writing here and he says, I write to you children because you're forgiven for his sake. I write to you fathers because you've known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. Again, I write to you little children because you have known the Father. I have written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. And I've written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Amen? So look at the cover of your outline with me if you would. One of the simplest and yet complex challenges for every person, I said this before, I just need to reiterate it this morning, is the twofold declaration given by John in this letter. And that is love God and love people. Yeah, we really only have one. Ch- Jesus said to them, the young man said, what, do I, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you know, you, you know the law and the prophets. And essentially he said, love God and love people. If you're keeping the Ten Commandments, you're commanded to love God and to love people. It's relationship with God and relationship with people. All of the Ten Commandments are relational. Amen. First four with God, last six with man. It's all relationship. All right. But to love God, that means that he has made a way through Christ for us to live in fellowship with him and have a loving relationship with him. To truly know him and to love him. And then to love people. Out of this relationship with God comes a commission to love people with the same love which we have received from him. Meaning Jesus died for sinners like us. Amen? How many realize Jesus died for us, not when we got saved, but before we got saved? We enter into a forgiveness that's already been given. When we were unforgivable, he forgave us. Praise the Lord. And so the people we must love are not required to be perfect, but our love for them is. 
supposed to love people with the same love he had for us. Why? Because Jesus says, freely you have received, freely give. Amen. And we'll, we'll touch, hopefully I'll remember to touch in more. But one thing that we do is that it's so easy for us to take everything personal. Amen. How many know if Jesus would have taken the actions of people personal, none of us would be saved? Amen. I mean, like just starting out, he goes to church for the first time. I mean, he's there. He walks with God all these years and he comes out of the wilderness. He goes to his home church in Nazareth. He opens the book. He turns to Isaiah and he reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach. And he goes through and delineates it all down. And he says, today this is fulfilled in your ears. Goes and sits down and they try to kill him. He could have just said, that's it. I'm out of here. These people are crazy. If he'd have taken it personal, it says they took him out to try to throw him off a cliff. I mean, I've had people get upset at me after I preach, but nobody's tried to throw me off anything yet. Few have wished they could. But nobody's like tried to. But, but Jesus, they're trying to throw him off a cliff, and it says he walks through them because it wasn't his time. And so what he, did, he didn't take it personal because he knew the only way for anybody to be reconciled is by forgiveness through love. Love covers, amen? And love gives. And so he knows they can't help themselves. Are you doing all right? And so the enemy always wants you to take it personal. Look inside your outline. Follow me this morning. There is a distinct difference between John's writings and the rest of the New Testament. He writes with a specific purpose in mind. John wants you to know God. When you read the Gospel of John, it's different than the other three Gospels. The Gospel of John, Luke's right. Man, Luke, man, I've known everything. I'm written it out that you might have a perfect account. Matthew's the tax collector. He's got all the facts in there. Mark is just, just the facts, man. Mark is short. Just doom, doom, doom. Just the facts. John is like... A sign, we like hugging, we like hanging out, and you can come. He's in you, you and him, come on into the. John is totally, it's relational. Amen? Awesome, awesome. So he wants you to know God. I believe that John is driven but why, by what he heard Jesus say and pray for. Listen, in John 17, Jesus prayed this. And this is the way to have eternal life. By knowing you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. By knowing God. Not knowing about God, but actually knowing Him. It is important that you know God. How many have been married over a year? Amen. Many of us in here over five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 30. Some of you over, we have people in our church over 50 years. Amazing. And I don't care how long you've been married, you're still in the knowing process. It's just, it's still a discovery. Amen. And we're still learning one another and getting to know one another. And then us being different. I love Mark Gunger and Laugh Your Way to a Better Mary. He does such a great illustration because he shows guys over here and, and, and we're just created this way. And women are over here and, and, and women try to understand. And when we try to know each other in the natural it does not work. Husbands and wives that try to know each other, just get to know them and try to figure us out. I'm sorry, women, you will never figure us out. Because we don't even know what we're doing. And Mark Gunger says, we're like this. We just have our little brains and we have all these little boxes and we keep everything in its own. We have a work box. We have a fun box. We, we, we have a, you know, a this box and a that box. And, and, and then we have our favorite box, which is, anybody know what it is? The nothing box. 
Which is why we can just come home and sit down and you look at us, it's like looking through empty space. And you go, what are you doing? Absolutely nothing. How can you do that? It just comes natural. It's a gift. Amen? What are you thinking about? Nothing. How can you do that? It's my favorite box. Amen? And it, it's like, if, if you give us three seconds, we'll just drift into nothing. Amen? You know, I'm not on the clock. I'm not a, see, we have a work box. Work's over. I'm done. I'm done. And we come home and say, we need you to work. No, I left work. I'm into nothing. <laughs> and then women, you're over here and your brain's like this. There's, it's just on. And you're thinking about 70, 80, 90,000 things at a time. And we're over here in nothing going... No, thank you. And so when it comes to knowing, if we try to approach that, but a husband and wife are not called to be one in knowing each other naturally. We're called to know each other spiritually, to be joined knowing spiritually. So what does that mean when you come together? Yesterday we watched little, little uh, Sam and Carly get married. And here they are, and then I was like freaking out. We got like Sam and Carly, we got Luke and Carly, we got Gabe and Carly. We, we had to do a Carly moratorium for a while, and just get some other, some other girl names in here getting married. <laughs> but in that, but, but we have, so they're getting married, and what are they doing? They are giving themselves to each other. And they're pledging, and, and, and they're entering into a knowing. Because a marriage is two funerals and one resurrection. Resurrected is one. And you can only know that person by dying to yourself. You can only know Christ. Coming to Christ, He's already had His funeral. And He's invited you into His resurrection. And so when you're baptized, you're baptized into His death. Being born again is two funerals living in one resurrection. Are you with me? And so, and that's the only way you can know him is in new life and to know him spiritually. So John's writing to us and he says, we, we need to know him, but it's a knowing beyond just natural understanding. This knowing is imperative to all of our life. For this is not just a general understanding and a common belief about God shared with others. This is a personal in-depth knowing of God in our spirits and in our hearts that produces an assurance of our faith and trust in him. The desire behind every question of our life is to know God. Something in us searches for the knowledge of the holy. We live our lives on a quest for truth with our minds when the answer can only be revealed to our heart. So many people are on a quest for truth. I've met people, well, I'm just searching all religions right now, and I'm going to choose the one that makes sense to my mind. I kind of live on this level. I need a lot of help. So I need a God that's bigger than my understanding. You understand? See, I don't want a God that I can just confine to my mind. I want a God that speaks to me and draws me out of myself and into the Spirit and into the fullness of life with Him. Are you with me? Excuse me. And so he says, we need that revealing in our heart. When we close our hearts to God, all we are left with is the unfulfilled reasoning of our mind. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1.
How many know it takes work to know somebody? It takes work. It takes an investment. And, and, and even like a church, my goal as your pastor is to bring you into a knowing with God. And, 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 and that takes some input into our lives. That, that takes time, everything. It takes investment. And we can't get it in just a moment. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and of your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So the knowledge of God is not going to come to your mind. It's going to come to your spirit in revelation. God has to reveal Himself to you. And if I'm constantly approaching God with my mind, but I'm not opening my heart and my spirit, I have to, knowing God is when I come and go, God, I want to know you. And I open my heart up and I disengage for a, a Lack of a better way to say it, my mind. I'm not just trying to understand him. Understanding's cool. Knowing is better. And if I ever figure this out, that when I know him, there's a transformation that comes that renews my mind. See, if I try to understand God out of an unrenewed mind, I'm always going to come up with a twisted concept of who he is. But, but if I allow my spirit to be born again and I receive the mind of Christ, then there's a change that comes from my spirit to my mind. And, 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 and I re- Paul wrote, said, we have the mind of Christ. I want to know God through the mind of Christ, not through the mind of Don. Amen. You've been around here long enough. You know this thing's squirrely. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't want this approach to my concept of God. I want to know him out of my spirit. Amen. And some of you, sometimes when I'm preaching, you go, how can that goofy guy know that? Because there's a knowing beyond me on the inside of me. Somebody ought to say amen. That's available to all of us. Thank God. So look at, go, go, go to chapter 4 and look at this. Ephesians chapter 4, watch it. In verse 11. See, actually in verse 10, He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heaven that he might fulfill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Watch it. For the equipping of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So a gift that God puts in me is to bring you into a fullness and a maturity in the knowledge of Christ. Are you with me? And so we need those gifts that He's given us, and they're given to us to help us grow into this knowing of God. Thank God for that. The very reason you're here today is because of the quest for truth that is in your heart. Or I might better say your spirit. You are here because of your desire to know. Knowing God is the seeking of the heart, not the understanding of the mind. God only reveals himself to open heart, not to inquiring mind. Which is why Jesus said that, that when he was with his disciple, he would tell them, Hey, to you it's been given to know the secrets. Of the kingdom, but to everybody else, I speak in parable because they're not approaching me with their heart, they're approaching me with their mind. And so, you have the scribes and the Pharisees always trying to trip Jesus up, always trying to catch him in being wrong. And then you have the disciples that he just felt sorry for all the time. Amen. Now, watch. So, Genesis 126 God said, Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. So God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now let me ask you this question. In his creation of humanity, did he leave out our ability to know him? I've had so many people over the years tell me, I I just don't know God. How do I know God? Can you imagine Adam in the garden? I don't know why I'm here. (laughs) What am I supposed to do with all this? I just got got some clay under my arm. (laughs) Why? What am I supposed to do? Why am I here? No, he was created knowing. Look at what God said. God created them and he, and he set them in the garden. And he said, now be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, subdue. And so with that commission came a knowing of how to. Yes. Yes. Do you understand that? So, so God put, instilled a knowing. You were created to know him. Are you getting this this morning? God created, and we, we're, we're approaching God, trying from our head, trying to get from our head down into our spirit, but a knowing comes, wait a minute, when I am born again, my spirit is now made alive unto God, and He comes in me, and He comes in in His fullness, and He comes in with the spirit, and He is the spirit of wisdom, and He is the spirit of grace, and He is the spirit of power, and He is the spirit of understanding, and He is the spirit of revelation, and he is the spirit of peace and all that is abiding on the inside of me if I can ever get out of my mind and into my spirit I can walk in a knowing with God are you doing alright and so God makes this available to us but see we thank God for all of our education and higher learning and degrees and our kids growing up going to college love it get all the education you can but you'll never know God through education you'll only know him through revelation God in Matthew chapter 16 and and, and verse 17 there and 18 Jesus is asking disciples who do men say that I am he says, well, this guy thinks you're this. This guy says you're that. This guy. And Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus responds to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Or Jesus said, Simon, you couldn't know that. The only way you know that is that my Father has revealed this to your spirit. Simon, you're not speaking out of your understanding. You're speaking out of a knowing that has just been imparted to you. And when John says, and Paul said, I pray that you might know Him. God isn't, you have this invitation, my friend, to come into this amazing knowing with God. And if we could ever enter into that, it will change everything about our faith and our trust in Him. Amen? Amen. So watch this. 
Man and the earth were created by God and formed with purpose. The earth was formed by God to be the place where man would live and know God. Man would live by knowing, not by learning. Now Paul says, study to show yourself the proof. But what happens is, because this is a spiritual living book, Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And so I have to approach this as a living spiritual book. And when I read this, this book doesn't speak to my mind it speaks to my spirit and when I read it it goes boom life boom. you don't get that I get that all the time Whoa. You, you feel life it's doing it's, it's not speaking to my mind it's settling something on the inside of me and what I'm feeling on the inside of me is contradicting what I'm thinking in my mind but this is drawing me and saying this is the truth this is the way walk in it are you with me and so when Paul says study to show yourself approved, a workman doesn't need to be the same rightly dividing the word of truth. Yeah, I want to rightly divide that and make the right application, but I can only know that by revelation, not just by learning and understanding. And we get people, we have seminaries and cemeteries where people study the word forever and, and they're in there and then they debate back and forth because all of it is their reasoning to them. But if they ever open up their spirit, everything changes. Are you with me? Amen. So what? It's never been God's intention that we just learn Him and never know Him. There's a vast difference between what we know and what we learn. How many of you have ever heard anybody say about you before you were asked a question, I know what they're going to say? Oh, yeah? How can you know what they're going to say? How do you know that's kind of presumptuous? Amen. But yet, when a husband and wife know each other, there are times my wife looks at me and I know what she's saying and she hasn't said nothing yet. Because we have a knowing. Because I know she already said something to me earlier and I've been over here in nothing and she's looking at me, you better get out of nothing if you want to live another day to experience any more nothing. Amen. So, you know that. You can't learn that. You'll know that after a while. Amen? So knowing versus learning. Adam walked in the place of knowing. He knew God. He knew Eve. He knew creation. He was being led by his spirit and the truth that was in him. His conscience was guiding him. There had to be a knowing on the inside of him that was not learned but placed there by God. I'm declaring to you today that when you come to Christ, God has a knowing to impart to you. The reason when John wrote 3 John and 27 times, he tells us by this you can know. You can know. This is what we know God has a knowing to impart to your life and when you receive that knowledge it takes away all of our doubt because when I know God I cannot doubt God because I know who he is I know who he's declared I know that he is faithful and he is true I know that his word is forever settled in heaven I know that not one line not one sentence not one paragraph not one punctuation will pass away until it is all fulfilled I know that he is the faithful one and it doesn't matter what my son, I just need to, I'm walking in knowing. Well, I don't understand how it's going to figure out. I'm glad I'm not called to walk in understanding. I'm called to walk in knowing. Well, how's he going to do it? None of your business. Okay, you, here's when God will let you know what he's going to do. 
as soon as you can create something out of nothing, he'll tell you what he's going to do. Until then, he says, trust me. Are you doing all right? And if I ever get out that I know that he is trustworthy, then I won't mess it up. Because we're no different than Abraham and Sarah. God shows up. They're 75. Abraham's 75. Sarah's like almost that old. <laughs> he's like, I think she's like 65, 10 years younger, somewhere in there. And uh, he says, Abraham, I'm giving you a child. They say, I'm old. And so Sarah begins to reason, I know how to do it. I know how God's going to do this. He didn't mean I'm going to have it. Hagar's going to have it. Here. Have my bond servant. Abraham's like, oh, okay. <laughs> See, we go from nothing to stupid real quick. All right? And so she, <laughs> she thinks, I understand how God's going to do it. And so because she thinks she understands how God's going to do it, that understanding gave birth to Ishmael, which is the terrorism that's plagued our earth today. My advice to you, stay out of understanding. Because through our understanding, we've given birth to spiritual terror. And our life is under this attack. We go, how to get under that? Because I moved out of walking and knowing to giving birth to the promise by what I, my understanding, and all I birthed is a problem into my life. Yes. Are you doing all right? Yes. And now I need God. Man, this is really good this morning. I'm going to buy this tape myself. <laughs> Amen. And then we wonder why it's happening. I have to go back to walking in knowing. Walking in knowing with God. But we want to understand. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Walk by, not by. See, all that's in there for a reason. Paul encourages for a reason in that area. Are you with me? So watch this. Knowing God begins with believing how much he loves you and gave for you. If God loves me so much that he could give his son to die for me and redeem me while I was yet a sinner, I have to believe that he loves me enough. That's why Paul, what's what Paul said? He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of his coming. Amen. So he began it. It's his work. He's going to do it. All I have to do is stay in walking in. That's why the Bible says, Jesus said, he said this, he says, narrow is the path that leads to righteousness. Broad is the way, a lot of ways, a lot of ways. But the path that leads to life and righteousness is narrow. And it's a knowing, and you walk just in that. Well, how come he doesn't say more? Because if he gave you more, it would be broader. Okay. And so God limits options. The options are just stay right here. That's why I illustrated last week. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, that light is just his word. So if I just stay in the word, if I can trust God, believe God. Amen. My pastor used to say this, Brotherhood used to say this. Never forget all the little faith victory. How many have ever prayed for God to help you find your car keys? No. 
Okay, right after. How many found him like right after you prayed? Are you kidding me? You bothered God with your keys? You had no problem. Master, creator of the universe. My keys are gone. Find my keys. Excuse me. Can't go anywhere without keys. And he found your keys. Your keys. You're shopping. Could I please park up front? And the space of that. Look, God gave me a parking place. So, so, so you have no problem believing for keys and parking. But to think your God will supply all of your need. So he comes and God says, hey, trust me. Worship me through your giving. Oh, I couldn't do that. I could use my keys, though. Oh, my goodness. So if you'll remember your faith victories, every little one. Every time God comes through, every time, if you have what Jesus said, Jesus said, take no thought for what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to live, how you're going to be, any of that. Your Father knows that you have need of all these things, so seek first the kingdom of God and His right, and all these things will be added unto you. All I have to know is that He knows that I have a need, and if I just keep walking in the knowing of seeking first His kingdom... And following Him and living to honor Him with my life. That all these things that I think I need to know and understand will be taken care of. And I'll find myself just walking in the provision of God. Woo! I'm helping myself. I hope you get something out of this today. Glory to God. Amen. So knowing God begins with believing how much He loves you and gave for you. Knowing God begins with believing you opening your heart to Him. Knowing God begins with believing how much He begins again with opening your heart to Him. That must be important. I said it so many times. (laughs) So now we can understand why John in this little letter is so concerned about what we know. So worship team comes back. Look at what he said nine times. I put him in here. Nine times, John said, by this we know. Not wonder, not think, not understand. By this we know. By this we know. That we know him if we keep his commandment. If you love me, keep my commandment. The Message Bible says, if you love me, Show it by doing what I've told you to do. Revelation 22 and verse 14 said, Blessed are those who do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Now listen, everybody look up here just for a minute. Keeping His commandments isn't what gets you saved. Keeping His commandments is walking in the light. How do you walk in the light? You have to walk in what He's told you. Message Bible said it clear. Walk and do what I've told you to do. Do this. Think about it. By this we know that we are in Him. 
He who says he abides in him ought to walk as he also walked. Living the same life, he also lived. John 13 and verse 15, Jesus says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. That verse is spoken while he's washing the feet of those who would leave him and the one who would betray him. Jesus is in a room with people, his disciples, who he knows in just the space of a few hours, are going to turn their back on him, abandon him, and one of them is even going to betray him with a kiss into those who are going to kill him. And yet he is at their feet, washing their feet. Not taking personal what he knows they're going to do for him. If you can ever get over taking personal what people do to you, you can abide in him. If you can't, the devil will pull you out of abiding in him. Next time somebody lies on you, just go get you a bucket of water. Crack them down, tie them to a chair, and wash their feet. Why? Why, 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 why? Stay with me. You have a high priest who is tempted in all ways, just like you, but without sin. The temptation that the devil uses is for you to take other people's actions against you personally. The moment you do, you transgress. If Jesus would have responded personally, to when they tried to throw him off a cliff, to where they tried to kill him all the time, when they're plotting it to everything that was done, he would have sinned. Because he would have harbored unforgiveness. And if he'd have harbored unforgiveness for a second, it would have disqualified him from being the lamb. Do you understand? And so, because he is God incarnate, God in flesh, he loves with the heart and the love of the Father. And his love is not based upon how people respond to you. It's based that you've already set in your will. Love is centered in the will. And you've already centered it in your will. I will love you. Rudy, whatever you do, however you respond, I will love you the rest of your life. Whether you hate me, whether you despise me, whether you walk with me, whether you reject me, I will love you the rest of your life. Nothing you ever do will change how much I love you. Nothing we ever do could ever make you love me more because I love you with all that I am. I will never change the love that I have for you. And we need to be able to say that to people because that's what God has said to you. And when you can live by that, then I'm beginning to know Him. And I'm walking in a knowing with Him. Over the years as a pastor, I learned years ago, when we first went into the ministry, we're in Bernie, California, and went into a church that just was a disaster. I mean, it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. In fact, we were there, and we went back, we we went there in August of 1981, And in December of 1981, we went home for Christmas to our home church and visit family in Marysville there. And Brother Hood knew what was going on up there. And he goes, Don, how are you guys doing? And I go, well, Pastor, we're learning a lot. 
That's all I could say. <laughs> so we're just learning a lot. And he goes, son, he goes, there's some things you shouldn't have to learn. That's just a great expression of wisdom. You know what? In life, there's some things you shouldn't have to learn. There's some things you shouldn't have to experience. But you know what? They happen anyway. So what are you going to do? By this we know that we abide in Him if we walk as He walked. How did He walk? He walked in love. He never took it personal. She would get around people. I, I had a young man ask me yesterday at the wedding. He goes, Pastor, what's wrong with our world? I said, they're lost. Exactly. Exactly. Says our world's crazy. Our nation, yeah, we're lost. Lost people do lost stuff. They make lost decisions. They make crazy. You can't make any sense out of it. It's just, we're crazy. And so what happens? We get all upset. Amen. It's like, I encourage you today. It'll take you a while. But we have petitions out there for, for you to sign on the gun bills. I believe we have a right to own and bear guns and buy ammunition, all that background, all that stuff. And so we want to repeal that stuff. So we have the right as a church to sign petitions, to lobby, to do all kinds of stuff. We can be involved in social issues. We can do that. And so we can do our part. So we get invaded. But we do it. You walk in love. Just do that. They can't help themselves. They're stupid. The, the world is stuck on stupid. And if you get frustrated by stupid, you're going to get knocked out of love. Anyway, have, Brother Hagin had the best statement. Bless their darling hearts and their stupid heads. <laughs> but but if, you, if, you, if, you, if you can't keep yourself in that, the devil will pull you out of love. And he'll pull you out of a place of knowing and you'll go back into understanding and leaning. What isn't that? Proverbs, isn't that amazing? Pastor Sue Heide lighted that in the Bible for Sam and Carly yesterday. Trust in the Lord in all your ways. Look at that. Trust in the Lord in all, all, everybody say all, all. your way. Lean not on your understanding. own understanding. In all, everybody say all. All, all your ways, what? Acknowledge him and he will. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, how do I do that? By not leaning or trusting in any way in my own understanding. By walking in a knowing with Him, I just know that He knows what to do. Because if I don't, I'll do the Sarah thing and I'm going to birth an Ishmael. You need to write this down. I forget who I heard say it years ago. How do you know when you birth an Ishmael? Because Ishmael's are expensive and they gender strife. Yeah. Ishmael's are expensive and they gender... If you birthed the decision, if you moved outside of walking and knowing, and you moved into your own understanding, then the harvest of that is going to be expense and strife. All right. How you doing okay? Stand with me this morning. How many are glad you're forgiven? Because he was forsaken. How many are glad that you're forgiven and he was condemned? Amen. For you, he was rejected, he was condemned, he was despised. For you, because he knew he could only reconcile you through love. And today I'm imploring you. As though God was speaking through me. Be reconciled to God. Come into a knowing with Him. Not an understanding. God's invited you to know Him. He created you to know Him.
And when you just open your heart and say, God, I want to know you. Apostle Paul, so amazing. God. I've been, Paul says this after, he goes, I know a man, whether in the body or caught up in the third heavens, saw things unspeakable. He says, I saw great revelations. But you know what I want more than a revelation of things that I can't talk about? I want to know him. I want to know him. John's written this little letter to you to encourage you to know God. And this is what's amazing. When you get to the end of that letter, you know what he says? This is the confidence that we have. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Amen? And so out of a knowing comes a confidence that I can ask and He will hear me. And I will receive the petitions that I've asked of Him. Father, today I pray for Your people. Lord, there might be one person here that needs to know You in fullness, in honesty, and openness to come into that life with you. Father, they've approached you with their head, but they've never experienced the resurrection that you have for them in dying to themselves and being raised in newness of life with you. And today they want to know you in the fellowship of your suffering and in the power of your resurrection. My heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today and the Lord brought you here and you say, you know what? Like Job, I'm here today. I've heard about God in the hearing of my ears. But now I desire to know Him in my heart. If that's you and God brought you here to know Him today, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Is that anybody this morning? Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Anyone else? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, Philip. Amen. Father, I pray over your people today. Lord, I pray for the drawing of your Holy Spirit. Father, you said nobody can come to you unless you draw us by your Spirit. I thank you. You've drawn these here. Now, Lord, I pray your release of knowing today into the hearts and lives of your people. And Father, I pray your blessing over them in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask the worship team just to sing this song. If we begin to sing, if you need prayer for anything, if you need to move out, find a place here, if you need somebody to pray with you, agree with you for anything, in this next moment, I just want to open this altar up for you to come. We're here to pray with you. We have elders and leaders. We'll pray with you. But if you need prayer, if there's something that you need to move out of your understanding, something you need to let go, it could be your healing, everything else, whatever it may be, don't birth an Ishmael. Wait for the promise. Step out and let God begin to move in your life. Thank you. Thank you, Lord.